everyone, welcome back to another episode of Learning Out Loud. Today is the season two recap. So Justin, Marley, and I sat down and we discussed what some of the insights and lessons were that we took from each of the guests from episodes 12 through 21. So if you happen to miss any of those episodes or you're curious to hear what the three of us took away from those conversations, this is a great place to start. And then, of course, you can go back and listen to the full-length episodes later if you'd like. Um, hopefully, there's something in here that resonates with you guys and you can see the threads that we're starting to take from each of the conversations that we have with the guests. And with that, let's jump into the first episode of this season, which was episode 12 with Professor Tim Davis. First guest we had on in this season was Professor Tim Davis. He teaches leadership classes in the Batten School of Public Policy and Leadership at UVA. And a lot of his episode was about the classes that he teaches, which have topics like resilience and emotional intelligence, et cetera. And that was a lot of the content that we took away from that. But the absolute main thing that I took away was kind of just that he was saying his bathtub moment is when he figured out that he was actually interested in these topics. And it kind of made me realize that we shouldn't be waiting to have these bathtub moments. And instead, we should kind of be intentionally seeking out bathtub moments and figuring out, okay, what am I doing right now that I actually like or that I don't like? And figuring out like the reasoning behind why you like something. Yeah, I mean, I also like the idea that kind of what you're interested in can pivot on a dime. And I think there is a balance to be had between like seeking those moments out and just having them happen organically as a result of an accumulation of other events before it. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting overall. All right, so the second episode we had was with Rich Deemer. Um, two things I want to talk about here. First is just the power of networking. We've, we've heard this many times before, but uh, I think it's important to realize that networking allows you to borrow years of experience from people that they've done what you want to do. You can learn from their mistakes and their wins and their lessons. Uh, I, think, I think our podcast is an example of networking. We're, we're looking to build genuine connections with our guests. Um, the last thing I just want to add is I think it's important to look at networking more as... Um, building genuine personal connections with people, not necessarily this surface level, you know, let me ask you what your job is and if you like it or why you like your company, uh, because ultimately people want to help you when they feel some sort of personal connection to you, not, not some surface level connection. Um, second thing he talked about was taking calculated risks. Um, I think it's important to take the risks that allow you to stack the cards in your favor. Um, you know, take the risks that because of your experience, your skills, your connections, uh, you have some sort of personal advantage in succeeding over the people you're competing against. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think most of the content that we covered with Rich was kind of high level, like managing people aspects. Um, something else that he told us <coughs> and many other guests have told us is that in entrepreneurship, it's team, 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 as opposed to like real estate, location, location, location. Um, so he definitely exemplified that. And I think most of the stuff that we were covering was how do you use the people around you to create something that's that's bigger or better than the sum of each of its individual parts. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I think that, um, you know, kind of Rich and then the Cab Angels community, that's kind of a testament to that power. So I think it was, um, you know, one of our, you know, favorite conversations that we've had. So episode 14 was Brendan Richardson and... Brendan was a professor at UVA. He is now working on his company, Estrella, which is really interesting in and of itself. And we talked a lot about that in the episode. Um, but by far the biggest lesson that we took away that we still quote on a regular basis is having high participation, but low attachment to outcome. And so what we discussed mainly with Brendan was the difference between 
you have to work hard. You have to go after a goal. You have to know what you want to do generally, not specifically, but you have to know that you want to achieve something great. But you can't harp on every single outcome as opposed to the process. And you can't be your own worst enemy. I think that was the kind of the baseline of all the conversations that we had with him over an hour and 15, an hour and 30 minutes, is that you don't want to be your own worst enemy. If you're going to get beat, you want to not get beat by yourself, right? Don't trip over yourself on on route to wherever you're trying to go. Um, there's a notion in, you know, in baseball or basketball or football, like baseball, you don't want to get beat on any pitch that's worse than your best pitch, right? If your best pitch is a fastball, then throw a fastball in, you know, the high leverage situations. You don't want to get beat if you don't have MJ on the court, right? You're not going to put him on the bench. Um, so you want to make sure that you're putting your best cards on the table to get to where you want to get to. Um, and I think that that was part of the interplay between building the life that you want to live and then letting that life kind of unfurl in front of you. And one example was, you know, Brendan was working in a gym when he was in his you know early to mid-20s after graduating from UVA. That's not what he had in mind, but that <coughs> working in the gym led to a chance encounter with a VC that ended up changing the trajectory of his, his life, his career. So awesome conversation overall. Yeah, I think there, like the main thing is that as a college student, I think that that advice like really applies because it's really easy to get so hung up on trying to make a five-year plan, make a plan for right after you graduate too. But as long as you're working hard and taking advantage of your opportunities, I think that it's not as necessary to make a five-year plan because you never know what's going to happen. So. Yeah. All right. Some, <laughs> something else that Brennan said, which I thought was interesting, is that you know doing is the best form of thinking, like taking action is the best thing that you can do. Um, just to the last point about you know building a five-year plan in school, <clears throat> something that Brennan said and something that other guests have said that we haven't released yet, a little teaser there, <laughs> um, they've said that the first step out of school is not the end-all, be-all. It's not even close, um, which definitely goes against kind of the commonly held notion, I think, that we have, that a lot of people have, is that that's the really important step is right out of school. It's important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. So yeah, just kind of keep that I in also mind. don't think that it takes a guest saying that to see that basically that applies in every guest that we've had, that True. they've all taken... Uh, a lot of different paths right after getting out of school. Yeah. Next, we had Alex Aretta. Um, something that I took away from his episode was that he said to just stay curious. And it sounds super basic, but his point there was that, um, like we were just saying, he had a lot of different paths after school. So he started with thinking that he really wanted to start a company, but then he realized that it wasn't actually starting a company that liked it was more helping other people figure out what they want to be doing in entrepreneurship and the reason that he was able to figure that out was kind of just digging for the root cause of what is bringing him this enjoyment and happiness in what he's doing so sometimes you have to keep uh staying curious in whatever it is that you're doing and keep asking yourself why um another thing that we talked <coughs> about was just figuring out like who are good people to have in your life in terms of business and co-founders and anything in that area, but also just making friends. And he was saying like the best way is to treat people like every single person that you're talking to is going to have like the number one answer for you that's going to solve maybe something that you're working on or something that like you're looking for in a friend. And I thought that, that was an um, interesting way to find people. Just All right, I will say one thing is that like you can feel his genuine passion for what he's doing. Absolutely. And a lot of the times 
for him, it's just talking to founders and meeting them. Like when he was talking with you two, I could just feel that he was like very into the conversation, like very present. And I think we should all try to find things in life that we can feel that way about. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that a lot too. And I think that that also goes into meeting people because I think that like if I just met someone randomly, like I would be more willing to talk to someone who seems super passionate about something (coughs) rather than someone who's just, I don't know. It makes him more interesting to talk to, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think the underlying thing with him is that he was very intentional, right? Intentional about how we interact with people, right? He had like a certain metrics that he would use to determine how good founders are at their job based on the progress they make between meetings, for instance. And then he was really intentional with himself, like you were saying earlier, about what's the base, you know, what's the common denominator of why I like all the things I'm doing and then how can I pursue that? And he kind of created what he wanted to do at Amazon, at UVA, based on that. So it shows the power of that approach. All right, so then after Alex, we had Erica Barr. Erica is the founder and CEO of a really interesting company called Invest Capital AI. And basically what they've done is build a really interesting model that predicts the success of companies based on attributes of the company itself as well as the founders. Um, So that it was really interesting just kind of at the face of it. And then one of the most uh, influential observations that they had through building this model is that it's not the strength of the founder's network but the strength of the their network's network, so the second-degree connections that are most influential in predicting the success of a different of any number of different businesses. Um, and that goes across industries, which is really cool. So it was interesting that they were able to kind of systematize exactly how, be, how people gain success in entrepreneurship. And I kind of see that as like the money ball uh, of VC. And I like that she was making that info available, not just to venture capitalists, but also to help the founders themselves improve. And kind of the last lesson that we took from that is that there are two different types of debt. There is ignorance debt, so you don't know what you should be doing, and that's what, you know, Invest Capital AI can help with, is here are the places that you're most weak and what you can do about it. And then there's time debt, and some things you just have to put in more time, more hours, more reps to get where you want to be, so. Perfect. Yeah. All right, so then we had Alex Russell on the podcast. Um, he made a career shift from investment banking to starting this Kava brand called Nothing Special. Um, he tried IB for a few years. He realized he realized he wanted something more creative, entrepreneurial. Um, and what he did is he found a problem um, within a genuine interest that he had in his own life. Uh, that was basically supplying high quality Kava to the United States. I think the takeaway from this is that you know your own self best. Um, you're the only one that knows all your past experiences So, you know, you have the best information to change what you should be doing with your life. Um, I think a lot of times we doubt ourselves and and maybe it's as simple as just, this is what I feel like I should do, so I should do it. Yeah, like that's not a permanent decision. Going back to, you know, Brendan Richardson. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think knowing yourself is an underpinning of Mm -hmm. half or more of the guests we've talked to, right? You have to know at least to a certain degree what you're good at what you like, what problems you're encountering, how you can partly that into a business. Yeah. yeah. You have to be intentional about that too because that definitely takes time to actually understand what it is that you actually like and why. Right. Yeah. And again, not to tease too much, but we have guests coming up that we'll release that tell us about how they go about that process yeah. of sitting down and deciding, I'm going to reflect, here's what I'm learning, here's what's going on, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And more specifics about decision making, I think, right. too. Yeah, and then the other thing he mentioned was um, he talked a lot about contentment, and that was a, a form of personal success for him. And I think just for 
day-to-day life, being content with what you're doing and the place you're in is important. I think it allows you to, to stay in that, you know, industry or uh, job for the long term. So it kind of goes back to the first thing of, you know, do what you want to be doing so that you can be happy with what you're doing and, and stick to it long term and ultimately achieve more success than you otherwise would. Right. I think it's hard to measure that, you know, quantitatively or even qualitatively, but if that was a piece in the model that Erica was building, I think that would be a really high predicting variable is are you able to find success in the day to day while you're on the road to wherever you want to get to? And that's that's an Alex Hermosi thing about, you know, people who are patient, they're not really patient. They just kind of find things to do to occupy themselves in the meantime. So if you're building a business that's gonna take five or ten years, what can you do in the meantime so you're still enjoying that, you're still finding benchmarks for success and learning from the failures. Next person we had on was Dolores Stevens. She works as a conscious leadership consultant. So basically she goes into teams and helps discover what their problems are and how she could help them. Something that she was talking about was the importance of trust. And she gave an example from Navy SEAL Team 6. And basically they um, were seeing the difference between the ratings in high performance versus high trust. And the findings found that um, the levels of trust were actually way more important um, for the team than the levels of their performance. So I just think that that's really valuable to note when working in teams and you should figure out ways to foster trust with individuals rather than just worrying about your technical skills because in reality, the performance will probably uh, be better based on your trust than the skills. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, another example that she had, which is a little bit related to what we were talking about before about kind of knowing yourself, being intentional, um, is that she was talking about like being above and below the line about you know good days, bad days, whatever else in between, um, and kind of knowing where you are on that continuum. So that was another interesting point about you got to be conscious about what's going on around you, within you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so the next guest was Michael Bear. Uh, he works for a company called TechCXO, uh, and he acts as a fractional CMO. So basically he'll act as the chief marketing officer for several different companies at once. Um, he discussed the significance of understanding your, your target audience, uh, their needs, and their behavior. Um, I think if we're just applying this to everyday life, it's important to understand your the audience in your own life. It's not just for marketing professionals. Every, everyone has something to sell or persuade. Um, so I think it's important to understand people and their intentions and how you can get your points across to them. Uh, Michael recommended one of the easiest ways to do this if you're still in school is to take psychology or social science classes. Uh, The other thing he mentioned a lot was, you know, finding your unique voice and approach to marketing. He emphasized a lot the, that authenticity is a powerful tool for building genuine connections with consumers. Um, Again, I think we can apply this to just everyday life, be authentic in your life choices. You know, what, what fits you and your true interests and skills best will ultimately allow you to achieve greater success in the long run. And I think that relates back to Alex Russell as well. Just like, if you're doing what truly fits you, you're going to be content, you're going to be happy and willing to stay in it for the long term, and you're going to achieve greater success than, than anybody else without that contentment or happiness or true fit could. I think that also even relates to my last point, because if you're really authentic and true to yourself, I think that makes people want to trust you more. Absolutely. I mean, also, another thing with Michael is just kind of taking a step back for season two in general we had a pretty wide range of professions within that realm um, of knowing yourself, finding the best fit for yourself. For some people, that was professor. Others, it was, you know, founder, CEO, mentor. I think, like, the fractional CXO idea is really interesting. I mean, 
Dolores is a consultant. Uh, we'll talk about Caitlin Anderson in a second. She has a company that's kind of a service-based company where she's consulting. So we had a wide range of whether people were selling services, goods, their time or expertise as a mentor, professor, all of those things can lead to the point where you have the life that you want to build for yourself. And that's kind of the overall sh- or overarching theme for season two, at least. Um, yeah, so then segueing into episode 20 was Caitlin Anderson, like I was just saying. She has a company that helps to improve the meeting culture within different businesses. And she took her experiences from Uber and IBM into that realm. And basically, they want to reduce the number of meetings and increase the effectiveness of their remaining meetings in a kind of new way. Um, And we talked about the specifics of that in the episode. But the main lessons that we took from that um, is that, you know, Caitlin kind of emphasized the need to make the best decisions you can with whatever information that you have available at that time. And something that we've heard from her (coughs) and other guests is that basically you can ask yourself two questions. One is, is there any more information that I can get right now that would be accessible and helpful? And then if the answer to that is no, then the next question is, well, why can't we make that decision today? And the answer is you probably should. If you're just kind of waiting for something else to happen and it's not going to, then that decision has to be made pretty much immediately. Um, so that, that was an interesting point. And like we said, consulting is a little bit of a different, different business model that we've talked about, but it shows that there are many paths to you know, getting to where you want to get to. And Caitlin talked about, for her, that was the right approach because she has like a very type A personality and this kind of meshed well. Um, obviously, there are some challenges with being your own boss and being type A. I think that we've you know, talked about that, felt that. Um, but again, knowing yourself, choosing the path based on that. I think that's just another common theme that, like, I didn't think about this before, but now that we're saying it, it seems everyone knows themselves. Well, you said that before. Like, everyone just knows themselves. Yeah, and she and, she and her co-founder, like, took a test to help to get to oh, know right. themselves better. And she was, a, she was a specialist. Her co-founder was a generalist, and they divvied up tasks based on that. Yeah. So there are different ways to skin the cat, right? You can sit down with a notebook and decide, this is who I am. You can take a test and say, you know, ENTPJ, that's like, that's who I am. Um, however you want to do it. You could have other people tell you. Other, yeah. <coughs> so. Close people. I like the decision-making framework. I think it brings you some peace of mind when you're making these decisions that you're never really going to have all the information. So just, you know, make the decision now that you can and roll with it. Right. Or if there is information that you can get, then go out and get it. Yeah. And then make the decision. Yeah. And I think decisions in general are challenging for people who are type A because you're always overthinking and thinking, well, what about this aspect? What about that aspect? So I, I thought that was helpful there. Um, okay, so the last person we had on was Rooney Lee, and um, he started a new subleasing company f- specifically for um, like MBA students and medical students. Something interesting that he was talking about was his decision-making process for um, deciding to work at a consulting firm after being in Darden, after getting his MBA. And I never really heard this framework before. I'm sure he didn't make it up, but I've just never heard of it before. Was that he's thinking of the consulting job kind of like his side hustle, and it, he's using like that money that he's getting it to fund his business. And I just thought that that was interesting because the three of us at least have talked um, a lot internally, but also with the guests asking them their advice on should you get a job after school, what type of job after school, if the three of us are interested in starting something ourselves. Um, so I just thought that that was an interesting way of thinking of it. Yeah, pretty creative way to, you know, again, decide what you want 
go out and do it and get it. Yeah, I think that was the overarching theme for season two. How do people build the lives that they want to live for themselves? There's a decision-making process about who you are. There's a process about what you need to get there. And then there's the actual doing it to build a life that you want. And we had 10 fantastic guests kind of walk us through how they did that for themselves. And we're looking forward to season three, four, or five, where we can have, you know, tens, dozens of more guests, you know, kind of explain how they're able to, you know, do that for themselves. So mm. we want to say thank you to everyone for listening. We want to say thank you to all the wonderful guests that we had on this season. This was, this was great. And we've already recorded almost all of season three. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for those episodes coming out soon. And we, uh, we appreciate you listening and, you know, trying to learn and grow with us. Mm-hmm. If you have any feedback or questions or anything, let us know. Yeah. Email is always open, grzpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Season two wrap. <laughs>